the after party everybody we are covering episodes 9 and 10 this time surprise (laughs) double your pleasure double your fun um (laughs) uh, what do we have to say about this because we just kind of found out about it like when did we find out about this last Last week week. a week ago yes yeah All right, I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's bittersweet. It's like double the episode, but now it's over. And we've got to wait. (laughs) And by the time you're done hearing us, it's over. Just pack your bags and go. Oh, God. (laughs) Why are you still sitting here? Go. (laughs) Because we just welcomed into the after party. Then they go. That's right. We're having an after party. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. It's the end of Ferris Bueller. What are you doing still sitting here? I (laughs) know. And funnily enough, that's how Matthew kind of looked when he was shutting the he door. He did, like, yes. yes. That was yes. so Ferris Bueller, so Ferris uh, Bueller, and I loved it. It's like, you're still here? Really? Okay. He had to saunter down, though. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, no. oh, that was just perfect. It was like the perfect historical pop culture shout out. Because mm. I love me some John Hughes, so... Yes. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, let's cover episode nine. We have some emails. And I believe, Jean, you start. Mine's from Amy. Hi, Amy. Hey, Amy. Thanks for writing in. It seems that they are making Diana a fire witch. Cora was also fire in the show. In the book, she has more water. So I thought it was a strange idea to have Diana using so much fire throughout the show. It seems like her go-to spell to stop people is fire, which is more like Satu to me. So I hope to see a battle between them in season three. I have to say something I picked up in this episode. Kit is speaking in an iambic pentameter, which is how Shakespeare wrote. So it makes sense that Kit would speak in a rhythmic pattern. Little bit of trivia. I think Kit's actually the one who probably started it more so than yeah, Bill. Yeah. yeah. He's the only one that I really noticed doing it, but it's so cool that they put it in there. I would agree. The queen scene where Matt tells her the future is so powerful it gave me goosebumps. Amen to that. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. There is a reason we're all obsessed with the Elizabethan era and it's because of her, good and bad. I love that we also get to see Jack's stealing skills, so we may not have gotten it in episode seven, but we get it now. Yeah. This episode really starts wrapping everything up so we get to all of the big points in the books, which leads to Kit and Louisa in this scene, which was completely different than the book, but was just perfect for these TV characters. We saw much more of them in the TV show, so it seemed more like a good ending for them in the caves than in Bedlam. Also, Mm -hmm. Diana has less fear of Matthew in the books than the show. She never hesitates to go to Matthew in the grips of blood rage. So I didn't think we would get the witch's kiss, but we did. And it was awkward. (laughs) Completely (laughs) awkward. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Hallelujah, chorus, all of that. I am not sure what I expected the scene to look like, but this was hard for me to watch. It was like a bad sex scene and it threw me. I love them. Yeah. It, it make, but I am not sure. Oh, I'm sorry. No, say, and make matters worse. People on social media will try to take screen caps of that scene. And it's just, I don't know, like TMI. Like I, I shouldn't be seeing that look on his face. Yes. Get a row. 
them. <laughs> I love them, but I'm not sure if the scene translated well on screen. Yeah. It was a great episode, but ended on a strange note. Yeah. Agreed, Amy, for sure. Agreed. Thanks so much, Amy. So the fire witch thing, why do you think they brought that aspect out? Is it easier on... Um with the special effects, I imagine. More bang for your buck special effects, I would think. Yeah. Though I wish we could have seen the bubbles. And I would also think that most of the water special effects would tend to everything make look like Avatar. Yeah, you're That's right. True. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did the beautiful um, work with the with the witch water in the first season. So true. I mean, essentially, it was just kind of raining backwards. Yeah. But with the music and the drama and everything, it really made for a compelling scene. So, yeah, I could see that. Okay. So back to the witch's kiss and all of that. I guess I have to rely on how much they're going to rely on that as a mode of communication in season three. Right. And if they don't, then it wasn't necessary and they didn't need to put it in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So part of me is rooting for it to be in season three. So they have an out and say, hey, we had to have it in there. If not, then it was useless. So yeah, Yeah. I'll shut up now. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Amy. That was great. Angela, what do you have? I have a note from Patty. Patty, thank you. Patty? She starts with a little bit of housekeeping of her own, but I'm going to keep it in because I like it. Yeah. <laughs> just, <Good enough. laughs> just a quick note to let you know my gifts arrived. I loved it all, especially the handwritten note. You ladies are the best. That's Valerie's signature touch. Yes, that's if you become a patron for us. Yes, absolutely. I like to write little notes because, you know, you guys mean a lot to us. And the fact that you're keeping us standing, that's important. So at least I can do is write a note. Come on, guys. (laughs) All right. And you love stationery and you love wax seals. I love wax seals. Just don't deny any of that. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I also gave the podcast a five-star review, thereby keeping Angela around a little longer. Thank you. Because we need her. (laughs) Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Truly love your show. Just finished listening to season two, episode nine. Funny and insightful as always. I totally get your, in quotes, heart vein issues. Mm. Not the best placement for that scene. Awkward is the right word. But at least we got to look at Matthew Good looking swoonworthy again. Sigh. Okay, granted. Granted. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, thanks again for the loot and brightening my week. A loyal fan forever. She closes out with heart vein scene. Doesn't Matthew say you always smell like honey? But in the novel, it says you always taste of honey and hope. So smell versus taste, question mark? Patty. Hmm, good observation. I yeah. never even thought to look. Good observation. Yeah. Thank you, Patty, for all of that. And I hope you enjoy your swag. And I hope you enjoy the after show. Yay. Yes. All right. So uh, I have one from Zoe. Hello, Zoe. She's our journeyman demon. My notes on this episode are a bit brief. Goody is instrumental in getting Diana to realize she's preggers. Time to go home, says Matthew. Hang on. Diana needs to complete her training first. Plus, Queenie is a bit pissed and is threatening to put Matthew's head on a spike. We got to play the drama music there. Meanwhile, Diana is being a bit drawn into Kit and Louise's trap. Not at the tilt yard, unfortunately, which is a little disappointing, but equally as dramatic. All their books are taken by 
burly, but Jack saves the book and the day. Good lad. Matthew decides to tell Lizzie the truth. I was pleased that we got the toothache scene. Me too. He won't tell Kit his future, but he does reassure the queen. I mean, yeah, that was weird. A weird turn, but I totally loved it. Me too. Me me. too. Yes. Yeah. It it was mesmerizing. It was just beautifully done. Meanwhile, in the cave dungeon thing, Kit looks scared, (laughs) nervous, doesn't realize Louisa really plans to kill Diana. Diana quoting Marla's own work to him seems to soften him more. I love the fact that Kit realizes the wheels are coming off. Yeah, that's yes. what I love about it. And you can see it on screen. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not you too, Louisa. Damn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know his future and maybe save her. But Louisa has other ideas. Knocks him down, shoots and misses. Cora is amazing. Could have been a Bit naff. What does naff mean anyway? Is that just a British term that I'm not aware of? I think it is. Okay. I'll look it up later. I'll put it in there. Informal British. Go away. Oh, okay. <laughs> she told photographers to naff off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Zoe, for introducing that to my <laughs> lexicon. <laughs> Me too. Naff. All right. But the production <laughs> team did a good job. I wouldn't want to be Kit when Matthew goes for him. I fucking warned you, Kit. Burley gets the smile wiped off his face with three words from the Queen. Matthew is forgiven. Hmm. <laughs> the, the Queen is fickle. The bedlam scene is pretty gruesome. You shouldn't have come here. Episode ends with heart vein witch kiss scene, which is a bit more sexual than I ever imagined it from Sun. But whatever floats your boat. See, I kind of imagine it more sexual than what was presented. Me, yeah. myself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was kind of unsexy, to be honest. Mm. But, but then again, if you follow us at all, you know I got rather high or low standard. Yeah. <laughs> depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I, I, we love you for that, though. <laughs> I didn't picture it sexual at all. I pictured it intimate, but not sexual. Mm-hmm. And then in the show, I, yes. it looks sexual. And that's why I'm like, I don't know if I should be looking at his face while he's doing that. <laughs> I pictured it as evolving from intimate into sexual. Yes, correct. Yeah, True. There you go. Yeah. Now, I've also, back to NAF, uh, according to the BBC, it means worthless, tacky, or unfashionable. Mm. NAF. Those clothes are NAF. It's a bit NAF. Mm. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes perfect sense in the sense it's used. I'm going to use every excuse to use that now. NAF. That's NAF. NAF. No, that's wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make fetch happen, damn it. Oh, God. Whilst whilst you're trying to make fetch happen. All right. Uh, Our last one is from Kristen. So we decided to split it into three because she's wrote us quite the missive. So, Gene, you have part one. And here we go. Here we go. I've only seen the TV show and don't know the books except for the occasional spoiler I pick up listening to reviews. This is my second favorite episode after the wedding, and I am a bit sad that it was not satisfying for the book readers. My thoughts on it have turned into a bit of an essay, so proceed with caution. Okay. In both season one, Diana and Isabel, and season two, Diana and Matthew, we get a scene in the church that Matthew built where it is implied that independent of the congregation and the covenant, two things are standing in the way of a happy ending for Diana and Matthew. The first is that they won't have children, which is fixed in this episode. And the second one is that Diana's life will be short and Matthew will be left alone. There's also the half unspoken concern that Matthew will probably end his life when Diana dies as he did when he lost Blanca and Lucas. Mm. I would guess that would be a problem to be fixed in season three or Isabel was just an unreliable 
evil narrator and trying to manipulate Diana at the time. And Diana will somehow end up immortal as well. Strangely, turning her into a vampire is never considered an option in the show. I wonder if other creatures cannot be turned and that bit of information was just left on the cutting room floor. I'm curious how everyone will react to the pregnancy when they get back to the present and if they will suspect rape or infidelity. Hmm. I like the revelation that Matthew has been posted to the English court since Henry VIII's reign. I would like to imagine that he earned his title as Elizabeth's shadow, originally not as their spy, but as someone shadowing her growing up and maybe showing some kindness to a young princess with no mother and an uncertain future. Maybe past Matthew wasn't such a different person after all. Also, wow, that vampire blood seems to be some potent stuff if Bess gets this high and blissed out from just one drop. Mm, blissed out? Well, I mean, her tooth doesn't hurt anymore, so yeah. <laughs> yeah I I'd be pretty blissful if my toothache went away that fast. <laughs> yeah. And actually, in a Discovery of Witches, when, yeah. he, when he gives Diana his blood on the air, on the helicopter, she blissed out in the sense that she was knocked out. Yeah. And went numb. And next thing she knows, she's asleep. Yeah. That's a good painkiller for you. Mm. All right. Kristen continues saying, in the first episode, Kit implied that Matthew had a pattern of collecting people he found interesting, giving them the feeling of being special when it was really only about passing the time. Diana was just the last in a long line and would be out of her depth if she was ever confronted with Matthew's true self. I thought that the scene in front of the fireplace was great, but I never really felt the conflict it was implying. And with the bedlam scene, the arc is finally put to rest as Diana boldly goes to collect her husband and kick cowers in fear. This is the furthest we've gone that we see Matthew go so far and she can still reach him. When she tells him to come home, he cocks his head to the side in a way that really looks more like an animal, but her touch slowly brings him back to himself. I never noticed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm never opposed to a bit of passion between Matthew and Diana, but I like how quietly intimate the scene is as he confesses to her in the early morning light in the quiet after the storm. I would have liked a bit more dialogue, but it didn't feel terribly disjointed to me. Season one has had a few confusing lines. For example, I thought you knew about vampires and that is why you invited me to dinner. What? Because vampires are entertaining dinner guests? Doesn't make sense to me. That, mm. I can, that I can only imagine are taken from the book but ended up out of context. Season two has been a lot better for me in that regard. But from the episode in Bohemia, we know that the rage feeds on his need to possess her body and soul. Since she is pregnant, I guess possessing her body is not a problem. But there is a second part he is holding back from because of no warm blood could possibly fathom it. Mm. This denial has him at constant war with himself and has let his blood rage grow to an all-consuming level, resulting in the episode he is just recovering from. You can tell from his body language the shame and exhaustion that comes with the struggle to control his needs and his rage that is this heavy burden for all of his vampire life. Then we see the realization that Diana's face, that what he needs and cannot bring himself to ask for is to drink from her and the decision to offer it to him instead. Then the look on Matthew's face when he realizes that Diana freely offers to him this deep connection he craves. I love that shuddering little exhale he gives when he lies down and that he is placed slightly below her, safe and protected. I also love that he gives to her the same warning that she might not like what she sees that he gave in season one. Then it was about revealing the topmost layer of himself. And now that they are at the point where the last barrier is about to come down, the little jerk he gives when she is going in for the kiss breaks my heart and the nervous question about what she found. You said that it was the other way in the book, but I like that they gave the line to Diana that all she found was him, not a man she could love and a monster that clings to him, but that she sees all as part of him. Swoon. 
Also previously, looking inside somebody and seeing their memories has mostly been a portrait as something violent and violating. But here we see that it is consensual. It can be very intimate and beautiful. Hmm, That is true. And uh, what did we say? Oh, oh, oh. The reason why they switched it, I believe it's because of the revelation of Benjamin in the book. That is how Diana found out about Benjamin Mm -hmm. in Matthew's mind. So since uh, Benjamin had already been revealed, like, I am your sire and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It's like, whoa, okay. And yeah, I mean, although we don't know that he's related to Matthew yet, however... The revelation would have been like too much, I believe, in this. Yeah. They're probably waiting to give it away in season three. And it would kind of would have broken the scene. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even more <laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, what? All right. Well, I was just thinking something about she, what she was saying about consent. I mean, consent, just like the books in the show, it's been all about consent all the way through from season one. It's been a topic that the writers and Jane have hammered mm-hmm. on over and over and over again. And that I love that. Yeah. And this is just more of the same. Yeah. And I think it's a, a product of the times. I mean, consent has always been important, but it might have been more implied in the past. And I'm not even talking with the discovery, which is just in TV movies. Mm-hmm. But right. now these days, it's like we want to show it. We want to speak it. We want to say it proudly, you know, and this is a good example of it. Well, consent is being all important. I didn't know that California law, there has to be verbal consent before you proceed on. It's like there oh, there yeah. has to be a yes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's considered a rape. If, you know, if someone's charging with you, you with rape, hey, did she say yes? No. OK, then, you know, done. And I was like, wow. Clear verbal consent. Yeah. Which takes out some of the guesswork when you're talking about drafting a statute and having to go through all the, OK, were, were they unconscious? Were they drunk? Mm-hmm. Right. Were they under the influence of drugs? It's like, but, you know, here's the catch all if they can't clearly say yes to you that's not consent a done deal and yeah. encompasses all of that yeah there's like a little video going around with the tea and consent oh yes <laughs> I, oh, yes oh, don't get start the, oh. they actually use that in a department of defense as part of their briefing oh yeah the tea consent video so i don't know why i'm bringing that up whatever <laughs> No, it's a good point. It is a good point. Uh Um, In the episode notes, I'll put that in there. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Kirsten goes on. She says, I'm still uncertain about how much information is exchanged when a vampire drinks somebody's blood, though. It doesn't seem like they get the complete life story. In season one, Isabel mentioned that Philippe didn't want her to know where he sent Matthew in his early years. And now he will have to keep the wedding from her as well. That doesn't seem possible if this blood exchange between mates is a complete life download all of the time. Yeah, that is a conundrum. How do you keep secrets? Yeah, but it's not. It's emotional truths. It's not info dumps. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. You get bits and pieces. So. So there you go. Maybe it's more of the essence of a person. Yeah, there we go. That can not stay hidden like this or do they only do it once in the beginning i think it's a continual as yeah, as proven in the book of life it's a continual mode of communication supposedly well and there's also the rule in the universe that blood lore is unreliable right right which galaglass was kind enough to tell us yeah. <laughs> not to throw a wrench in the works or get our heads all bent out of shape but there's also Timelines, you know, which yeah. Isabel was drinking from which Philippe and oh right, yep, when did things happen? Because one one uh-huh. Philippe wouldn't have the knowledge that the other Philippe did. Yeah, depending on which timeline. And if the note 
anomaly holds true. It didn't exist. Those memories didn't exist until a certain point in time. Ow. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> just take your multiverse and just uh, put it in your pocket. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going in the fire. It's going in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> she concludes, no. I love listening to your podcast, The Blessings of the Internet Age, that you can find people that enjoy the same things half a world away. Oh, thank you, Kirsten. Thank you, Kirsten. Okay, so who wants to start with our episode 10 email since, you know, our nine's done and we're going to go on to 10. I'll start. We can drag this out because this is <laughs> this is the last of it. I okay. know. Well, fortunately, we got good, meaty, detailed emails from our listeners. Okay. Who are you and starting with? I'm starting with Journeyman Zoe. Zoe. Oh, right. Hey, we have to Zoe. put that into parts. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> she says, last episode, this is a little longer one for me. That's okay. We like it. Yep. Jack stargazing. Very cute. Another weaver in town says, wait, what? Who? Creatures plus one human are gathering at Setur. Phoebe and Marcus drive around the corner where Matthew and Diana saw Setur for the first time. Back in 1591, coffee, time walker, dad. Not mm. fancy meeting you here, Miss Bishop, which I loved in Shadow of Night. Me too. Right. Yeah. Stephen does still tell them that they have spent too long in the past and changed too much, but it's a bit abrupt and whiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. came in his whiny suit. He looked like a scared little church mouse, but that's sad the whole thing. sack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that, hat, that hat did not make it's the, the man. hat. It's the hat. Yeah. Yes. You know what? In Shadow of Night, he had on the wrong clothes, and I just would have been satisfied had he had an Abe Lincoln hat <laughs> because that would yeah. have been more better than. <laughs> At yeah. least he came with purpose, you know? Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I mean, in this case, this, he, he came dressed appropriately, but. Like you said, he was just a sad sack. Yeah. He got it out of the 1590 bargain bin, though. Cool. <laughs> Maybe he got it from the rummage box at Father Hubbard's when he checked <laughs> It's like the 70s, you know, those round pillows. Like Rebecca took the stuffing out of the covers and just said, here, wear this. <laughs> oh, my God. This will work. This, yeah. Or, or the old drapes. Yeah. The old drapes from faculty housing. <laughs> That's true. Wow. <laughs> All right. She goes on and says, at set tour, there's a discussion about future. Four species round one table. Phoebe's trying to bring everyone together. Isabeau seems to like and trust her almost immediately. Isabeau tells Marcus he's made a good choice and they need to act. Back in 1591, Stephen tells Diana why she can't complete the ninth knot, desire. Mm. She doesn't really want to go. He talks about knowing his and Rebecca's fate, make peace with the future. Then, see you later, dad's off. I know. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was so abrupt and like luxury. Not a lot of closure. No, No, it's kind of like bad dreamish. Yeah. Someone you love all of a sudden, they're just, bye, got to take a walk. Even though in the book, it was kind of quick and at least he left a letter or a note But there was whimsy. This Stephen is lacking the whimsy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Peanut and joking around with Shakespeare and Mr. All Business Stephen. No, no. It's bad. They both faced reality, but one was like left you felt sad. The, yeah, you know, the TV show. The other one was like, it was more like Philippe. But you, you were like, okay, he accepts his fate, but now yeah. life goes on. Yeah. Still had a joyous heart. Yeah. Yes. We kept saying Debbie Downer in our episode, reviewing this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was yeah. like a sad horn the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. They try to make plans for Jack's future. Matthew says he'll organize with Hal for Jack to live in the Percy household. However, Diana still meets with Hubbard. Dun, dun, dun. Ta-da. Mm. 
Yeah, lies to Gail Glass again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, dude. More upfront agreement in the book where he is tricked. We see that he sees in that drop of blood, he learns more than in Shadow of Night. He only says her name, but he knows they are from the future, the tenth knot. Says goodbye to Goody and gives Susanna the statue. A descendant will give it to her in the future, simpler than in the book version. Venice congregation present day. Knox pushes Satu aside. She says, your confidence will be your downfall. Spoiler for season three. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Consider me spoiled. <laughs> yes. You, you needed that, though. It's like, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It's like you like mm-hmm. sometimes you like an anvil. Yeah. It comes yeah. to foreshadowing. <laughs> Agree. Right. All right. Closing out with 1591, she says, Benjamin speaking to Hubbard. We hear Benjamin is his sire and he wants to know about Diana. Will Hubbard give them away? In present day, Domenico is waiting in a house. It's the old lodge. A figure in a hoodie comes in. Domenico confronts them, mentioning Matthew and Diana. This strikes a chord with the stranger and they attack Domenico. Lucky he's a vampire. In mm. 1591, the Book of Life has to go back to D so it, so that it could become Ashmole 782. They will time walk tonight. All right, and I pick up right here, continuing on with Zoe's thoughts. I like Diana's line to Galglass, keep the other Matthew safe so he can find me one day. And his line, mopping up to do. Love the way Stephen Cree delivers some of his lines. Jack doesn't want to go to Henry, wants to go with them. Present day Septour. Knox turns up at the temple. Domenico returns to the Randolph, watched by, yes, you guessed it, Benjamin. What's going to happen between those two? Knox casts a spell to call M to the temple. Margaret is crying. She senses danger. And they're all up. M calls up Rebecca, who predicts dark times and great losses will change everything. I mean, and here comes okay. an anvil. This anvil, somebody like threw this anvil at everybody because, right? And here and, we know, go. Or I could scratch my head and say, oh, "I wonder what she means." <laughs> no, she doesn't leave a whole lot to you know guess that. Anyway, she warns M that Knox is there and wants the page. She hides the page. Where did it go? Back to the bishop house? And that was parenthetical. Knox demands the page. She won't give in. Isabel consents a powerful creature. M tells Knox that Diana will be more powerful than you can imagine. Anyone else thinking Obi-Wan Kenobi? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There's another pop culture ripoff. Zoe's definitely one of us anyway. (laughs) She continues. She said she will unite all creatures. M is very brave, but dies. Knox then knocks out Marcus. What? Well, I mean, the dude came in just like he didn't have any backup. He was just he was yeah. just Mar- he was Marcusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? He's, He's just gonna yell that I'm the, head, I'm the head of the Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, it's you're the head of nothing when you're on the ground, dude. <laughs> when you don't have backup, it don't mean shit. Right. Sarah tries to revive him. So dramatic. 1590. We're back. Diana's glad to have met Matthew Royden. How cute, but she didn't really. What? I was yeah. Zoe, what did you mean by that? How cute, but she didn't really. Okay. Endings she and beginnings. She, I get, I know exactly what Zoe's getting at. She went back to 1590 with Matthew Modern. She didn't mean right. 
OG Matthew. <laughs> right. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Sorry, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Endings and beginnings. Present day, Gerbert waits. Isabeau waits. Will M live? Will Marcus live? Will Knox get Margaret? Or the page from Asheville 782? Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Hey, and, and then we get the, the closing shot of Bad Daddy and the full moon and all that money they spent to light up the <laughs> And a little bit of Echo and the Bunny Man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I Although the American audiences aren't getting the awesome outros that we've gotten with the they're streaming. Not. And it's right. terrible. You, you guys have been ripped off because there's some wonderful covers that have been used for the closing credits on all these episodes. Right. Maybe we can find them all on Spotify and put the links in there. I don't know. Yeah, I think I they're. I think they're, it's put together somewhere. There are all the links okay. are on Spotify. Deb may have put it together, or Bad Wolf, one of the two. More it's Bad there. Wolf, yeah. I think Liam did it. I'll have to look and see where that's at. Okay, if we find it, audience, we'll put it in the episode notes. Okay. So she goes on. How long will we have to wait for season three? Hopefully, not as long as we did for the Book of Life. Mm. <laughs> it's not going to be four sh- years. Thank God. <laughs> a little. <laughs> Little shade. It was two years. Oh, two years. Gee. I'm sorry. It was, it was four. It for felt like con- four. I was going to say it was four for Times Convert. I keep, I yes. But the two years was bad. A final word about the closing credits. The Killing Moon was perfect. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, that's that song you miss. Anyway. Um, all the- <laughs> that's a song you guys didn't get to hear. Yeah. All the endings have been great, but this was the best. Okay. So she puts a little note here. Lachlan has just said it will be 2022. So I guess all our questions will be answered in around 12 months. Well, less than that now. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And that was from Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you for your play-by-play. It saves us from having to do that. Yes. Jean, you have a note from yes, someone. Yes, I have, I have a note from Lillian Birch. Thank you for sending in, Lillian. And it's, and it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Major discontinuity that really bothered me was when Matthew was giving Jack his bag of marbles. He picks up the bag with his right hand, but hands it to Jack with his left. But then it's in his right hand again when we go back to Jack. He turned around really fast to get back to his original position in the chair. <laughs> wow, that's, that's sharp. Yeah, I was going to say, you were paying way more attention than I ever was. Uh, yeah, 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 that's sharp. Some people have an eye for that. Yeah, God. I don't. It's like yeah, I had to go neither. back and look closely when the damn tide disappeared. So there was that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magic. Okay. Okay. She also had kind of a comment question as well. You mentioned here again that Matthew attempted suicide. If he's a devout Catholic, do you think he would have? Yeah, he did. That's why Isabeau changed him. I mean, in the book, you get a more rich description of what had happened in the chapel. Uh, He was working in the chapel from a scaffolding and and jumped. He didn't want to live anymore. Isabeau kind of painted it like a very nice picture in Discovery Witches. But we got the true download with Matthew's confessional. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah, I was done. I, I, yep. And in the uh, pretty, well, it wasn't even that pretty a picture because he missed Isabeau and Philippe for the Blessed Mother. And was it John the Baptist? Uh, he, yeah, he, he yeah, missed himself yeah, yep, yep. for John the Baptist and thought he was being turned away from heaven. <laughs> so then he's like, goodbye, cruel world. Ah, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that is right. trying, attempting suicide as a Catholic. That was just the beginning of his self-loathing. I yes. mean, yeah. one, one reason of many of yes. his self-loathing. Yes. Yeah. It sent him into a loathing spiral. 
to say the least. Yeah, he didn't think he was going to make it to heaven because of that. Yeah, and he kind of decided he was going to view his time as a vampire as hell on earth, which yeah. isn't exactly healthy. He goes to extremes. He could have just thought purgatory where I'm just kind of stuck here. But no, he's like, no, no, I'm paying my penance. It is hell. Yeah. And this is my life. And that's where we're like, shut up, Matthew. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> anyway, hopefully that answered your question, Lillian. Thank you. To, not to make light of the situation, but when it's a vampire, you kind of have to. Yeah. Okay. Our last one is from Mads Reed, and it was large. So we're going to do what we've been doing, splitting it into three. And so who's got part one? That would be me. Okay. Diana really has perfected her knot tying. Oh, the heartbreak of watching Diana and Matthew and Jack. Crying emoji and broken heart. Mm. Hmm. Diana hesitates before finishing the ninth knot. She knows she doesn't want it to be complete. Well, yeah, dad already told her she didn't want to leave. So there's that. Right. <laughs> I love this scene with Phoebe and Marcus when he is talking to Isabel about introducing Phoebe. He is so proud and excited to tell Isabel that she is his partner. Mm-hmm. Party eyes, I like star that eyes. <laughs> Stephen! I love the scenes with Stephen and Diana. Matthew seems a bit annoyed or put out, though. There's also Matthew's saying of not wanting to tell anybody that he doesn't have to. Well, yeah, that'd be Matthew's mm-hmm. whole <laughs> problem in life. Yeah. Stephen needed to tell them those things, although Diana is really beginning to be at home there more than she ever was any place else before. And the funny thing about all those other things about the scenes with Stephen as an aside is that it was very much the uncomfortable meet the in-laws yes. sequence. All of it was very awkward. Yeah. The, it was meet the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew didn't I mean he didn't make an attempt at all to you know smooth things over no he, in the he, TV he show took, he took my approach when in college with my boyfriend's parents hand me some gin get me through this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. There's nothing like being the only shiksa to Seder that help you develop an unhealthy coping me- mechanism of drinking through dinner. Hey, you chose gin, though, so it's good. Of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> gin is a cure-all. Yes. But I digress. Oh, Peter, you started this partnership working with Jabir. You can't suddenly decide you don't want to play his way. <laughs> Jabir says just about as much with one word. Fetch. <laughs> I love this dinner scene at Septour. The dialogue is fantastic. This is the beginning of seeing Isabeau being impressed with Phoebe. The next scene with just the two of them is equally impressive. And then with Marcus and Isabeau, it's so good. It shows how they got to the place where they were at when Matthew and Diana arrived back. All right. Continues on a nice little scene with Galloglass and Matthew. I'm glad he prefers the future Matthew. Mm. You'd think, you'd, uh, how would you feel if, like, if we had to, not us three, but if we had to spend the next 400 years with people who aren't so evolved right now? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you'd hope. I have faith. I'll keep the faith that they evolve. <laughs> yes. Right. Like, would I have liked you guys 20 years ago? I don't know. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> That's I don't true. know. You know, look at all the pop culture references that would be missing. Yeah, yes. I know. <laughs> We'd have far less to bond over. Uh, seriously. <laughs> anyway. All right. The walking scene with Diana and Stephen is nice. Is that the inner courtyard at the Heart and Crown or the courtyard of an inn? Mm. It's a bit far for Goody to go to them, isn't it? The adaptation of Stephen's part in Shadow of Night works very well. The last scene is beautiful and heartbreaking. It almost feels like it's over too quickly, but they couldn't have fitted any more in. 
especially in this episode, is bursting at the seams. Mm -hmm. The scene with Matthew and Diana discussing going home and, and the families and Jack is lovely, although the bit about Jack is sad. I do wonder how Jack was supposed to fit into Henry's house and life. The scene with Father Hubbard and Diana works well. I don't remember exactly how it happened in the book, except that Diana goes to his crypt. Mm -hmm. Diana saying goodbye to Goody and Susanna is sad. Mm -hmm. uh, we see Satu again. I wonder how much she has learned or changed. Grr. Knox is so dismissive and derogatory to Satu. Yeah. I know. Weren't we all team Satu <laughs> at that point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure I like the scene with Benjamin and Hubbard. I suppose it is another stepping stone to where we need to be for the book of life. Mm -hmm. This scene with yeah. we know who in the old lodge is interesting, leading on from the previous scene as well. I wonder what he was doing, except possibly feeling close to Matthew. Or is it that that's where he is staying and keeping out of the way? Mm. Could be a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope that they, I don't know, I can't imagine they're going to go and explain or do a flashback or anything, but it would be good I if we had. So. Yeah, if we had just a little bit of closure. Yeah. I mean, how would he know to go there? A transition. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Transition. Domenico was being a bit overconfident and cocky here. Serves him right that he was bested. I I mean, he pretty much got tore the fuck up, dude. Yeah, but he's still <laughs> hot when he's being overconfident and cocky. I was going to say, and I know Gene loved the moment of his recovery with his buttons <laughs> a little disheveled and he's trying motion. to gather himself. Yeah, literally <laughs> gathering his chest together. <laughs> it was very vampire loche. I mean, blood aside, hot, yeah. right? <laughs> Scraps of skin. <laughs> literally gathering himself together <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah that was a there was some big dick was... energy in that scene let's just say that yeah <laughs> how are we in a ditch guys how did that happen <laughs> all right let me go on angela drove us into it <laughs> you did. i just laughed at you i just laughed at your comment <laughs> Please, tow truck. <laughs> oh my God. Diana saying goodbye to Galglass is sad. See, now this is making me, I don't know if I'm going to laugh or <laughs> you're going to laugh more at that. I know, but it's just the warm up act compared to what comes next. She sets him, she sets him the task of returning the book. After Diana tells Galglass to look after Matthew, there's a puzzling look on his face. If he was alluding to what will happen in the future, I would have thought he would be more sad than puzzled, like the look he has saying goodbye to Matthew. Oh, my heart is in lots of tiny pieces. The goodbye scene with Jack. Mm. I think there may be slightly better than them not saying goodbye at all, but wah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of wah. So we're on to part three of Mad's thoughts here. Okay, so she continues. Huh? Domenico all cleaned up, going into a hotel and being watched by someone? Modern times, Benjamin? And uh, she's got an emoji in there with the eyebrow raise. I, it's the I'm judging you emoji. That's what I've <laughs> named it. <laughs> uh, maybe they hooked up on Grinder. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. We're still in the ditch. What the fuck? It's a ditch. It's a different ditch. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We're going to miss the TV ditch for a long time. I want to make the best of it. Uh, you certainly are. <laughs> this is more like a rest stop than a ditch. <laughs> oh, wow. Don't leave okay. me behind. <laughs> Get in the car, Gene. <laughs> yes, Mom. Okay. Uh, that circle is definitely having an effect on Peter. 
Eek, that spell he's reciting. M decides it's now a good time to contact Rebecca again. Hmm, is Margaret sensing the trouble? I think we all collectively believe she was sensing the trouble. Yeah, she just said no to crack magic, too. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, M has a conversation with Rebecca. Okay. I mean, after all these attempts, she's going to do it now, right? Yeah. But somebody interrupts them again. You don't get to cry over someone you destroyed, Peter Knox. And then, OM, you did all you could do to protect Diana against that evil, nasty man. This is too much in a short space of time. You did it again, destroying creatures because you can't get your own way. You despicable excuse of a man! I'm with you, Matt! I feel it! Oh my she's God. got emojis all over the place with this. And yes. she's got the two red mad emojis. I tend to use the one with the, where they're cussing, too, because that's yeah. my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, dear. I better get away from here quickly. And this is uh, Peter. It's good to see Marcus being something other than easygoing friend to anyone, but he can't match Knox's magic. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's kind of on the ground. It's like, well, damn. he just thought he could call him some names like he did to Baldwin and everything was going to be all better. And that's yeah, just not how right. it works. <laughs> He's like, how dare you enter my territory? And then he's like, oh, I'm on the ground. <laughs> I mean, he really lost his revolutionary edge, even. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had Phoebe fighting his battles at dinner. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's a chat for another day. Ed, come on the show. Anyway, he yes. does manage to point out that Knox would be signing his own death warrant if he harms Marcus. So he gets the sleeping treatment as well. And then, oh, Sarah and a whole bunch of sad emojis, crying oh. emoji, emojis and stuff. That's Matthew and Diana signed off and heading home. Hmm. The last few seconds showing Gerber, Agatha, a settling Margaret and uh, Isabeau pondering the Lazarus medallion. Is it just to show us where the important parties are, where we leave them? I believe so. Yeah. I believe they were. They, those three are the grownups in the room. If you I think about so. it. And Isabeau's like the way I took it when she's looking at the Knights of Lazarus medallion and she's just kind of staring. She's like, oh, bring it, fuckers. Let's go. You know, <laughs> she went into, yeah, general, she went into general mode right there. Yep. Yeah. And Sarah cradling a lifeless M. And that was sad. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. <sighs> very sad. It leaves off on a strong point player mm -hmm. with Isabeau, though. Yeah, thank you, Mads. Uh, thank you for your play-by-play. -play. Yes. I appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate the emojis because they make me happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the emojis are so much fun. They're just so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Read aloud. You can't narr narrating emojis. You just never quite do them justice. Right. No, you can't, especially on a podcast. You can't see them, no. so you have to <laughs> describe it. So that is it for our after parties, but we do have a little bit of housekeeping and taking care of because we have to announce the winner of our secret word contest. We didn't forget. So the winners are, and you're all going to get a friend of the pod t-shirt because guess mm -hmm. what? If you guys stuck with us through all these after parties, you're definitely a friend of the pod. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're even going to get yourself a drum roll. Yes. Okay. Here comes a generic drum roll. Nudge, nudge. Generic? Winkle. Should we use Matthews? I yeah. Think Matthews. We're not saying, we're, but it's not Matthews, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's a generic one. It's our generic drum roll. Hello, lawyer disclaimer. Copyright lawyers listening. It's generic. Okay. <laughs> Fine hand, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Our winners are Crystal Eyeswatch. Congratulations, Crystal. Congratulations, Crystal. Uh, I want to pronounce this Sarai. It's S A R A I H. Am I right or no? Sarai? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sarai MG and then Morin Forrester. You guys all win the Friend of the Pod t-shirt and that's one of our favorites. Yay! You'll be in good company wearing it. Absolutely. And I will also send you a separate little pack of stickers because I love stickers. And Mm -hmm. you'll be receiving the new Blame Jerry sticker. Yes. Woohoo, I don't even have my Blame Jerry sticker yet. I know, because I suck. I haven't gone to the post office. <laughs> anyway, uh, you three check your emails because we will email you for addresses. So there's that. And I also want to put out there, if you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon. With that, you'll get our after show. Not after party, just our after show. This is our thank you to our listeners mm-hmm. who keep us ad free. And that's important. These listeners help us look beyond what we do and see what is actually possible with their support. And uh, yeah, this is true because we're contemplating things that we never would have because yes. of their support. So there you go. I'll leave that there. And if you're coming to us directly from the show, you might want to think about checking out our back catalog and jumping in on some of our chapter discussions and even Absolutely. Our, our full episode recaps for both season one and season two. Yes. We'll get to that when I give addresses. That's going to be fun. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So yeah, check your emails. And also, leave us five-star reviews, like Jean said, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Audible. There are different ways to do it. It helps people decide on whether to push play or not, and it helps us get found by the general public, so that's good. And if you're on Spotify, don't make yourself crazy looking for a place to leave a review, because unfortunately, you can't. So, no. Odd. Any of the other uh, aggregators are great, like Podchaser. Yes. Oh, you can leave one on Audible, too. Yeah. I don't care if you don't listen to us on Audible. If you have an Audible account, find us and leave us a review. That'd be cool. We'd like that. Yeah. Haven't we determined that it's like a 15-star review from Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. If you want the full play-by-play on both of these episodes, wish me luck, okay? Here we, here we go. 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 com slant s2 E9 for episode 9 and then go.demonsdiscuss.com slant S2 E10 for episode 10. Yes, I did. Yes. And that's it. Thanks for joining us on our after parties. This is fun. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. We'll see you in season 3. And for those of you who aren't following us on our chapter reads, we'll talk to you next year in season 3 like Jean said. By the way, why are you not? Anyway. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The more just striving, the better. Especially we're on Book of Life and there's a hell of a lot in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) And for those of you who are following our chapters, we'll talk to you next week, okay? So let's say goodbye everybody. Bye everybody. Bye everybody. Demon kiss.